Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Tom Bergeron. You know what you're doing? You're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. We need a hundred Smurfs. Do we have a hundred Smurfs? I'd better find out. Oh, clumsy, what are we going to do? Hello and welcome to an all-new generation of ToyCast as we get the origins of any and all toy fans that we can. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike, and today's featured guest was a senior writer at TV Guide and the respective website. After that, he launched his own website, TV Line. He is a television industry journalist, author, and actor. He is also a huge Smurfs fan. It's Michael Osiello. Hello, Michael. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Uh, it's time we started talking toys here on ToyCast. And Michael is here because uh, he wants to talk toys. But Michael wrote a book called Spoiler Alert, The Hero Dies. And that is going to be, it actually already is, because I've seen it, been made into a feature film featuring Jim Parsons. Uh, as as Michael and it uh, it chronicles part of his, his a very heartbreaking part of his life and we are here to discuss parts of that without spoiling it we're not going to spoil the spoiler alert why would we do that come on Oops, now it's in the title of my book <laughs> I mean the title does say it all I mean it's like oh okay why do well, I the, want movie, to watch the, the movie you'll notice it's just spoiler alert so I right. imagine there are going to be some folks who go see the movie and aren't going to be aware of the outcome mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely all right, so what is or was the first toy you remember having as a kid? Uh, Miss Piggy uh, doll slash puppet. Okay. Um, I, it was definitely the first toy that I tr- was truly obsessed and, and loved. Um, and it was, I mean, it was like, it, it, this is the late 70s. Um, and I think I was maybe seven, maybe six, seven and seven ish. Uh, and I'm sure I had toys before that, but none as memorable as this Miss Piggy, um, puppet. Um, and I was obsessed with the Muppet show. I identified with Miss Piggy, although I did not know why at that young age, I now have come to realize that, you know, she was a kindred spirit in a number of ways. Um, but I was obsessed with Miss Piggy, and I remember getting this plush puppet for Christmas and being beside myself. And um, and it was I was 
it was, I was inseparable from it for at least two years. Wow. That, that is awesome. Yes. Miss Piggy is definitely, (laughs) she's definitely a personality, isn't she? (laughs) She certainly is. Yes. I loved, I mean, I loved everything about her. But I also, one of the things that I loved about the stuffed animal was that Miss Piggy came, her, the doll came with like very uh, realistic blonde hair that you could play with. And I was not allowed to collect Barbies um, because I was a boy. And, you know, that's just, you know, what the, the gender rules were back in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, but I found sort of ways around the no Barbie rule and getting this, this piggy doll was one of the ways that I could have a doll with natural hair and put barrettes in it and, and curl it and play with it. And my, my dad couldn't, didn't really know what was happening. So that, that's that's very interesting because the next question, was there a particular adult who was appreciative of your playing with toys as a kid? Was there anyone who was unsupportive? Yeah, my mom was completely supportive. In fact, she was the one who would buy me not just the Miss Piggy doll for Christmas, but um, although I thought Santa got it for me at the time, but also take me to the supermarket to get barrettes to put in Miss Piggy's hair. Um, my dad was not supportive of this, and I imagine that it caused some tension between them back then. But he he made his discomfort with um, my preference of toys pretty well known. I remember one time he was playing cards with his buddies, and I walked in with my Miss Piggy doll, and I just remember my dad must have made some kind of crack and they all laughed and um uh it was not a support he was not supportive of 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 my choice of toys that sucks yeah so other than miss piggy what types of toys were your favorites to play with like action figures the dolls this that whatever i like stuffed animals like i was a, a big you know fan of of stuffed animals for for whatever reason but i i also did like action figures i was very much into star wars um i was obsessed with star wars and uh you know definitely for the first one then when empire strikes back came back it really ratcheted up and i had you know all the play sets and was collecting all the figures um you know and uh you know and eventually you know that that would lead to the the smurf um infestation <laughs> uh, i was gonna say obsession but okay infestation that, that uh, works infestation. <laughs> you saw, you saw my, my my bedroom when i was a kid definitely an infestation that's that's awesome so since we're talking about this what were your favorite childhood toys that really stood out more than the others well, definitely Smurfs. You know, I think, you know, when I started collecting Smurfs, in, you know, um, in the early 80s, probably like 82 or whatever, um, I uh, 
I don't know what it was about them, but there was just something about those little figurines that um, drew me in. Um, I don't know if it was the color. I don't know if it was the size. I think part of it was that my friend across the street, Linda Suido, who introduced me to them, was collecting them, and I felt, I think, a little bit of competition with her. <laughs> you know, I remember going to the store for the first time and like seeing the collectible case on the counter and realizing that there were just so many of them and I, and I had to have them all. Um, so I think, you know, the, the, the Smurfs definitely stand out because it was, it was an obsession. It, it, you know, it, it started as a, as a curiosity um, that developed into an obsession um, and one that persists to this day. Who is your favorite Smurfs character? Um, I mean, I think probably Vanity Smurf is one that I say often just because I feel like he's the gay Smurf and I identified with Vanity Smurf, you know, just a, sort of a little bit of uh, narcissism mixed with sort of um, sweetness and snarkiness. Um, I... Uh, I also, I mean, I was partial to Smurfette because, you know, again, the, the long, beautiful blonde hair. Uh, but I also was a big fan of Osriel, Gargamel's sidekick, the cat. The cat, um, yep. Yeah, he was a little pisser. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, man. So, not that we all like labels, but toys are have several labels to them. Do you prefer the label of... Action figures, dolls, toys, or other labels? I mean, toy toys, I think, is would be my preference. Yeah. Um, it's a sort of all-compensating. Action figures, I feel like, is very sort of a narrow label. Uh, um, I definitely don't consider Smurfs action figures. I would say toys. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Good guys or bad guys? Which toys were your favorites to play with the most? Oh, I mean, it went back and forth, but, you know, I, my favorite Star Wars character was Darth Vader. You know, my favorite Muppet was Miss Piggy. I think a case could be made. She was a little bit of a villainess. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I loved Princess Leia and Han Solo. I mean, I, it went, it went back and forth. I would say if I had to pick one, though, I'd give the edge to the bad guys. Yeah. I I don't know if Miss Piggy really was a villainess though. I don't I mean she was beating up Kermit all the time. I mean some you know she was hitting a lot of people. I mean Yes, well, okay, Kermit, I understand and I can say okay, yeah, that's that's not good. You shouldn't beat up your future frog husband, yes. but but some of the times when she was karate chopping people, it's because they did something to her. So my thought is, oh, she's standing up for herself. She's not going to take any shit. She's no, she's, I agree. She's yep. not, you know, so that's yeah. Yeah, no, I know. That's why she's very complex. She's a very she's a very complex individual. Absolutely. What is or was your favorite toy vehicle or playset? Favorite um, playset would be Cloud City from Empire Strikes Back. 
Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with that set piece in that movie. Partly because I remember Carrie Fisher looked so pretty in that gown. Uh, but I just, I thought the whole, everything about Cloud City, just there's just something so magical about it and so different from any other sort of set piece in the Star Wars universe. And I remember when the toy came out, I was just like, oh my God, I have to have that. I have to have it. I wish I still had it. Yeah, that's that's one of the things about fictional media, film, television, whatever, they create these amazing, amazing things in certain films. And you're like, Oh, that's going like back to the future. We should have all had, you know, all the, you know, the, the self adjusting jackets and, and we should have had that by now, but we don't. And that's fine. But like, you know, the 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 entertainment industry creates all this stuff for us and it's like ooh that's what the future is going to be like and sadly it's not but yeah cloud city was oh man that that whole you're right that whole scene i would like i wish there was just one you know they always talk about now about oh what's the next star wars thing what's this what's that i want the mandalorian to go to cloud city i want to see what cloud city's up to oh my god i keep i was just watching andor and i was like <laughs> and i was like please I, I i'm waiting for it too i'm like why has no one come into contact or you know sort of passed through yep. cloud city i have not started watching andor yet I, I need to. It's fantastic. It's the best of all the Star Wars series. Really? It's a little, it's a little bit of a slow burn, but wow. Uh, I it is it's so well done and uh-huh. it's it feels like such an original idea uh even though I know that it's a a prequel to Rogue One. It feels more than any of the other Star Wars shows like just a wholly original but also very much in the Star Wars um universe. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's, it's incredible. I can't recommend it more. I don't even, so I, so we covered, we've covered over, we've done in 14 years here at the Geekcaster Network over 10 hours of Star Wars content from the original trilogy to the prequels, to the sequels, to this, to that, to whatever. And we covered Rogue One and Force Awakens, and I, and that was back whenever they, uh, 2015, 2017, whenever they originally came out, I do not remember a single thing from Rogue One. So me starting at Andor now, I like that this is the one time that I don't mind something is a prequel because I can start at the prequel without having to have already seen what comes after, because I can then watch, you know, after after I watch Andor, I can go and watch Rogue One. It's, oh, okay, this movie is actually good. And I'm not saying the movie's bad. I'm not saying that at all. It's just, I don't remember us. Okay, I, I do remember a single thing from that movie. I remember the end, when Vader shows up. That's what I remember. That's all I remember. I remember, I remember loving Rogue One. I remember that one feeling the most like the original three movies just in terms of capturing the 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 tone mm-hmm. and the visual spectacle of the of Star Wars it just it felt uh I don't know it was there was just something um about it but I agree I like I don't remember a ton of it and like as I watch Andor 
you know, certain little Easter egg things are like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But for generally speaking, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in a whole new world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm loving about most of the, the only Star Wars television thing I have not enjoyed so far, because I've only seen a half episode of it because I don't care about the character. He's useless is Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> he's just the, I, I don't know. I, I've never liked him. Well, I, I felt for me, I felt a little bit like after seeing the Mandalorian and loving the Mandalorian that, yep. you know, I already f- had a little bit of a been there, done that and been there and done better. Yeah. Um, and, and so I felt like Boba Fett just, paled in comparison it wasn't a bad series but i just felt like no mandalorian is is better more interesting version of that story i think um the one that i didn't love was obi-wan to tell you the truth uh i i was so disappointed with with that one and 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 that was the one i thought i would love the most because it had darth vader and you know so much of the original sort of uh trilogy you know i love that ewan and Hayden came back. Mm-hmm. I love that they. I love the 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 Darth Vader battles. I thought that was great. But the best thing about that show is, even though everyone is going to say, "Oh, it should have been Luke," it should. Oh, I see all these from websites that just want clickbait articles to just explain everything to everybody that half of us are. Most of us that are in the Star Wars universe or know about, we already know half the stuff. But like. Everybody's like, oh, it should have been Luke and, and Obi-Wan, not Leia. I like that it was Leia because that little girl that played her, mm-hmm. it's like a mini mini Carrie Fisher. Like it was it was so that's the part of Obi-Wan that I like. Is her and him, and I thought that was cool. I know that futzes with the actual timeline and things and, and the new hope and all that, but I don't care. I thought it was fun with the two of them. The rest of the series, yeah, I, I kind of agree. It wasn't wasn't great, but I don't know. And who knows what they're going to do next. I mean, I know currently as of this uh, recording that we're doing here, they just released Tales of the Jedi, which I have not watched yet, but I know that Ahsoka is in that, and Ahsoka is awesome. I'll watch anything with Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. I have not seen that yet. Yeah, it just came out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. All right. Did you and your friends ever pretend with your toys that you had? By this, I mean, did you say, I'm going to be this toy and you can be that toy? Like, you know, Michael can be the the Coke bottle top and and the other friend can be the piece of glass or whatever. I don't remember us ever doing that. And I don't know. I remember. I don't know if this answers the question or goes out in in a, a terrifying different sort of detour but i remember pretending to be wonder woman i remember i remember during my wonder woman uh phase that i thought if i just kept spinning yep that i would suddenly be wearing those bracelets and have that whip and all of that uh but i like i I was like ha- kind of hardcore into it. Like, I don't even know if I, that people saw me spinning and being mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this crazy kid doing? Um, <laughs> but there was like, there was a, there was like a couple months there where I was like very much into w- wanting to be her so much 
that I just kind of spun around day and night until I made myself sick. Jeez. Wow. That was a pretty good show for the time, though. I mean, that show was, was had some good stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was amazing. And and can we just talk about how ama- how incredible Linda Carter still looks? Oh, absolutely. Even you know, yeah. e- even nowadays in twenty twenty two. But it shocked me. What shocked me was back in two thousand five, she showed up as the principal in Sky High in the Sky High movie. I was like. What's Wonder Woman doing here? And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. Like, you know, as sad as it is, I wish Yvonne Craig was still here. Mm. I loved, as soon as Batgirl came on the scene, Batman and Robin, forget them. Like, just show me. And there's a there's an episode where... The penguin wants to marry Barbara Gordon, and he ends up kidnapping her, and she ends up turning. It ended up being like this whole Barbara, Batgirl, Alfred adventure. I'm like, this is great. They should have done more of this. Not necessarily kidnapping Barbara every week to marry her off to some villain, but (laughs) like the Barbara and Alfred hour, I love that. That's awesome. Forget Adam West. Forget Burt Ward. And I don't don't mean that, you know, negatively, (laughs) but like... Just yeah, more of that. That, <laughs> that that was fun. What features define a good toy to you? How true does the item feel in comparison to, say, the source material likeness? You know, as it pertains to the the Smurfs, I will tell you that I'm sort of precious about the kind of Smurf merchandise I collect, and it and it all has to be from the '80s. Because I, the new Smurf merchandise, you know, that the, a lot of it that is spawned off of the, the, the movies, the new animated movies, they're right. just so CGI heavy to me that they, they lose all their magic. Um, and there's just something, um, like, so for, for now, to, to me, it has to have sort of a vintage retro quality and, and literally be vintage. Like, I don't collect it any Smurf merchandise that was produced with some exceptions here and there after the eighties. Um, and particularly I don't collect any of like the movie current movie merchandise because I don't recognize those Smurfs. Uh, those don't look like Smurfs to me. They look like a computer program or a video game. Um, and, uh, so that's sort of my litmus test these days in terms of when we're talking specifically um, about Smurfs. I have, I have a very sort of like, and, and, and not everybody knows that. So there are often people who are like, they'll be in a store and they'll see um, a, you know, a Smurf something in Target or something and they'll send me a photo and I'll be like, no, this isn't doing anything for me. Stop what you're doing. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're ruining it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop wasting your, your phone <laughs> space with pictures that I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny that it's it's one of those things where smart like I haven't even seen the new animated movies. I didn't even see the did they ever release the live action one or the the supposed live action one? Well, the first one was a mix of live action and animated with Neil Patrick. Okay, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and then it went all animated after that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even. I think I've seen maybe the trailer for that first film. And I've seen the trailer for the second film, but 
I want. I saw, I, I saw the first film, but then I that was where it ended. Yeah, yeah. For me, when it comes to Smurfs, I want flat two D eighties Smurfs. I don't want CGI Smurfs. I don't want realistic blue people. That's what Avatar's for. Whoa. Oh, right. Yeah, and also <laughs> because so much of my my toy uh, love is from my childhood. You know, that's that's where it, a lot of it remains. You know, a lot. Of, I, I in many ways, when it comes to my love of toys, I'm very much stuck in the '80s. Still, uh, there are very few sort of modern, more modern toys that I get excited about. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but there is a scene in the film where we see your bedroom. We yes, see that's, your, in we see, that's in the trailer. So you, okay. you, you can talk okay. about that. Yep. So we see your apartment, we see your bedroom, and we like when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, that's a giant Papa Smurf. Like, out of everything that was in there, I'm like, holy crap, that's a giant Papa Smurf. Is that all, was that all stuff from your collection? Yeah, so first let's just be clear. The bedroom in the movie is for adult Michael. It's not a flashback. Right. That, that is an adult. That is a, a room filled with toys of an adult man who is me. Right. Uh, so I just, I need to own that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, yes, that entire collection that you see in the movie was, all of it was mine, including the giant size Papa Smurf. Um, that's so awesome which is it's incredible and it's one of my my favorite pieces of my collection and it's a gift from my late husband um, who you know the story is about uh, the book and the movie Um, he he found that um, for me in Germany and I remember when that box arrived and I did not know what was inside but it was humongous and there were two of them because there's I have a Papa Smurf in that you know it's like a five four five foot size statue um and then there's a regular sort of quote-unquote normal smurf it's called version of it so i have uh i have both of those very cool very cool yeah there's no look i'm 42 i have just under 250 funko pops in my current toy collection and they're all various characters there there's no shame in in saying that your apartment or your living space is filled up with toys or collect. Like I, I do not like, look, we're all, we're, we're all fans of toys here at this show and on this network. So, you know, the, the, the adult Michael, the kid, Michael, it doesn't matter. But in the, in the context of the movie, yeah, that's what I was saying was that yes, as an adult going into that, I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. And I was like, Oh, that is the way that we had his entire, not entire collection, but a portion of his collection in the film. And that's just, that was so cool. I mean, and that's, that, that's all that happened, you know, that, that, yeah, that was what my bedroom in Bloomfield, New Jersey looked like in my, my living room. I, it was an explosion of Smurfs and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I, I think I, looking back, I, I developed a, b- a better ability to curate and display mm-hmm. than I did back then. And a lot of that is because of my late husband, Kit, who was a designer and just had an impeccable taste. He basically showed me that here you can collect 
these things, but you don't have to make it look like your home is a flea market. Yeah. You can make it look like it's a museum. You can yep. make it look like it's a, just the, the coolest shop in the world. You know, you don't have to make it look like it's the Meadowlands flea market on a Saturday <laughs> in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I was saying this to your, your, your publicist, Clay, off air. I said, oh, I just, it's not a joke. But the way my brain works is I make all kinds of connections. And in the movie... In the beginning of the movie, you, you, your character, or Jim Parsons playing you, says he's, he's talking about Knight Rider. And mm -hmm. up until the point where he said, oh, it was 90 episodes, it was such a silly, it wasn't that great of a show. Up until then, I was with you. Because I am a huge Knight Rider fan. And I oh. just, before we started the recording, I just realized Michael and Kit. So technically, you had. You're a Knight Rider. <laughs> yeah. And I met the man when I was six years old. I have a picture of me and the Hoff in Boston. And I sat in the car. And I was just waiting. And sadly, William Daniels was not in the trunk. <laughs> oh. So Knight Rider was like a huge part of your childhood? Knight Rider has been everything in my as michael would say thanks pal knight rider transformers he-man and the masters of the universe to slightly a lesser extent gi joe mask gem and the holograms i defend gem and the holograms as an action cartoon for every gender no matter who you are it's not just a girl's cartoon uh the the first five parter the the misfits are trying to kill them they're trying to blow up their car they're trying to sabotage them that's not just, you know, what's Barbie's adventure of the week today? <laughs> you know, I have so to admit, you, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What is this? Gem and the Holograms. I don't know Gem and the Holograms. Really? How do I okay. not know that? What year was that? 1985. I, total blind spot for me. I, must, I went yeah. deep into my Smurf obsession there, so I did not see anything else. <laughs> Yes, 1980, I believe it was 85 to 87, but without actually looking, I could not tell you. Gem and the Holograms. Gem and the Holograms, yeah, October 6th, 1985 to May 2nd, 1988. Yeah, that was that was pretty much I was I was hunkered down in 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 my Smurf cave. <laughs> it had uh, 65 episodes, ran 3 seasons. Okay. So j just enough for syndication. All right. Uh, but basically just just for you uh, American animated musical television series that ran from 85 to 88. This series is about record company owner Jerrica Benton, her singer alter ego Jem, and the adventures of Jem and her band, The Holograms. 
uh, and they 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 have rivals called the Misfits, and 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 it's just a fun fun thing. I'm fairly certain you can get the complete series DVD set on on Amazon or something like that. But yes, Gem in the Hall. I think you would really enjoy it. I, I, is it sort of like Josie and the Pussycats? Sort of, but not really. It's okay. a little bit more action than that. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Truly Outrageous Complete Series on DVD. I'm looking at it right now, thirty four sixty eight on Amazon. I will send you the link after the show. All right, so let's see. What features define a good toy? No, I already asked you that. Wake up, you idiot. All right, let's see. Let me get an edit point here. Uh, 36, 19, 20, edit. What does toy packaging have to have to draw you in? So you're in the toy store and you're in whatever aisle you want to be in and you see this toy, this toy, this toy, and that toy. What does the packaging have to have for you to go towards one of those toys more than the others? I think it needs to be sparse. I think there needs to be a lot of um, dead space, uh, lack of clutter, um, clean lines, um, just something artful about it. Very cool, very cool. Do you open your toys or do you leave them packaged? If you keep toys packaged, do you have any specific criteria for that? It depends. I think, you know, if it's a... If it's a toy that is worth money um, and worth more money if it remains packaged, uh, I'll leave it packaged. If it's something that I don't really think is ever going to appreciate and I would rather display the actual toy than the box, right. uh, then I'll, I'll, I'll take it out. Um, but uh, there are... There are a lot of pieces of my Smurf collection that I are mint in in package, um, and one of them is actually one of the more modern Smurf toys that I have is actually a piece of art um, that was made that are basically Smurfs as Star Wars action figures. Oh um, wow! Yes, and they're extremely limited. They are worth a fortune and. From some stroke of luck, I managed to get my hands on these right out of the gate. They were um, Comic-Con, like, uh, limited edition toys. Uh, and I remember remember getting my hands on a bunch of them. And now they're, like, going for, like, thousands of dollars on, on eBay. But those are – those I will never open. Those I will never touch. And what's so great about that modern Smurf toy – and, again, it's more art than toy. And that's mm-hmm. sort of how the artist gets around – producing them um, is by calling it art and not a toy is the Smurf figurines look like the Smurf figurines from the eighties. Um, you know, they're just like, it's the princess Leia version of Smurfette. It's the, you know, Papa version of Obi-Wan. Uh, and they're, they're just exquisite and they're so well done. But anyway, those are mint on card. I think that's the, is that the correct yep. sort of lingo um, that I have those tucked away and I will 
I will never open those as much as I would like to open them and like to have the actual figurines like displayed. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's just certain things that, that should just be, if the packaging is, it looks good enough. It looks what, like I have, uh, I've got the second set coming from a friend of mine, but I have these things called, they're from Jada Toys. They are Transformers Nano Metal Figs. They are all die cast and they are like little three inch, four inch figurines of Transformers characters, but they're all die cast and they're all in this giant 18 pack box. And this box with the figures inside looks so good. I have been struggling to figure out if I'm going to open them because I'm worried about the fact that if I open them, I may never get them back in the box. Right. I may never have the box look as good as it looks without opening them. So so that's not an issue of you wanting to protect the value as much as it is you think the actual toy is enhanced by the packaging. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's – I mean, that set was like – I want to say somewhere between fifteen to thirty-five dollars. I forget yeah. what I paid for. It wasn't that, but for eighteen nano metal, for eighteen die cast toys that are three, you know, two three inches, they're like they're little figurines. They, like they're you know, they're not they're not Papa Smurf size. Right. You know what I, you know right. what I mean? They're 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 little little tiny things, and. Yes, it is a thing of I think they look great in the package, but I also want to experience them without just not that I'm going to sit here and rip open the package and destroy it, but just the way I'll send you a picture after, but just the way the the way that they are displayed in the package, I'm my worry is get, being able to get them back in the package afterwards. So, that's a whole other why were we so dumb <laughs> when we collected? Like, why didn't it dawn on anybody or why didn't it dawn on more people that maybe leave it in the packaging? Maybe leave, leave the Star Wars, maybe, maybe get two Star Wars action figures of each one, play with one and keep one mint in package? Was yeah. it just because toy collecting was just not as ubiquitous it, as it was well, back then? Well, okay, so you were born in 72, I was born in 80, so we're eight years apart. And yeah, it, it, the thing of it is, is we were kids. Our parents wanted us to have something to do so we wouldn't bother them at times. And that's what toys – I mean, besides for us, toys are everything. Toys are the fictional world of the Smurfs or the Snorks or the Transformers or whatever it is. You know, that was our world. We weren't – as kids, we weren't taught collecting. We weren't – I mean, some people might have been because if you had – I had a stepfather or a step something at some point or another. He had a – or maybe it was a foster dad. I don't remember. He had a whole like classic Star Trek action figure collection that he wouldn't let any of us touch. Half the collection was in package and the other half was, was open and displayed. And he always told us, don't touch the packaged ones. Don't touch any of them, but don't. Touch, you're going to ruin the, the – it was the first time I ever heard about ruining the value was with that Star Trek collection. But as kids throughout the 80s, 90s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, we just wanted to play with the stuff. And then no, we eventually I, – I, I know. And then so there's part of me that 
you know, is filled with regret for not taking better care of these toys. But then the other part of me remembers what that was like, that sort of childlike innocence where it was never about the the money or the value, yeah. the appreciation. It was just about the sheer joy of playing with those toys. Yep. And I feel like we that doesn't maybe exist as much as it, it did back then. It, well, so we're all older now. I, I, you someone, pointed out I'm older than you. You keep bringing okay. this up. Not, not trying to. You, you keep bringing up. You our look birthday. a heck of a lot younger than I do. So you know, but but whatever. I'm, no, you do. You you look a heck. Of, I'll, I'll show you a picture. I mean, you look, you look a hell of a but lot you're, younger. You're than still I do. eight years younger than me, as as everyone listening to this knows. No, now. no, 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 no. Uh, but it's one of those things where. We've gotten to the point now where that that has now been a thing with toy co- toy collecting over the years has become a thing and it has been a major thing I would say since about ninety nine two thousand it got really a big bang in in two thousand five two thousand six especially for me at that time I had a job with some really good benefits and really good pay and everything else and I was like ooh I want to get my childhood back I think. Between Generation 1, 1984 Optimus Prime, 85 Blaster, like four different Transformers toys, I spent over $1,000 on them at the time, at different times throughout those those few years. Uh, and it, it's just one of those things where we are now in the toy collecting community. As toy collectors, we do look at – like I don't collect for value – I, I never have and I never will. But with Funko Pops, most of the time, unless I'm taking photos of them, they stay in their boxes because it's easy to – and it's fun to view them in their boxes because it's kind of like a TV screen a little bit. Uh, there are only – right now, there are only two that I have out of box. And one of them – I know there, there are three actually – I have a now Funko Pops generally are three and a half to four inches tall, so they're your standard pop vinyl figure thing. But they make ten inch ones, and I have Soundwave and Unicron out of package. The only other one I have out of package is because his box is kind of destroyed a little bit in 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 my move across the country from Washington to Indiana this year is the Soup Nazi from Seinfeld. So. But, I mean, the thing is, is we're all in this to – the way I look at the toy collecting community is we all have different opinions. We all have different things we like or don't like, and that's fine. That makes us all unique. But we are all in this together. If we aren't in it together for whatever reason it is, like, then we aren't in it at all, in my opinion. It's just one of those things. It, 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 all right. So, Plain and simple. The toy collecting community is the three musketeers, all for one and one for all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I think I know what the answer to question 12 is going to be. But if as a kid or an adult, you were only allowed to choose one toy franchise to collect from, which one would you choose and why? I mean, Smurfs, obvious one. I, I can't, yeah. you know, I, I can't even entertain any other possibilities. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. As an adult, do you prefer vintage toys or modern toys? 
Yeah, so vintage all all the way. Not to say that I I can't be drawn um, or uh, that I haven't purchased more modern toys, but to me, it's all about it's all about the, the throwback, the nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. Now, somebody said to me recently that that question, like we don't like as adults, we don't really play with the toys. Like we don't, we're not sitting here like Dark Helmet from Spaceballs and just like pew pew pew. But what is one toy you can always play with? By this, what is the one toy out of your entire collection that just gives you the most ultimate joy of all time? Oh, like present day yeah or 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 is it get yeah i mean at any point it doesn't matter i don't really play with any of my toys uh, right I, I will but what i will say is you know talking about packaging so the the super smurfs i don't know if you you're, you remember but so that there were really two types of, there were many types of Smurf collectibles, but the two big ones were the Smurf figurines and then the Super Smurfs. And the Super Smurfs were basically the Smurf figurine comes with an accessory, like if it, a fireman. So it's a Smurf fireman figurine, but you actually get like the, 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 the hose, the water, the, the, uh, the, um, the, whatever it's called, the water hose yeah. or whatever. Or, or a jailed Smurf, and he's actually in like a little prison. Um, but the the boxes that those Super Smurfs came in, I remember being obsessed with them as a kid, and to this day still obsessed with them. And that's the that's the one thing that I don't play with them, but I like to display them. I like to just stack all of those boxes, those little Super Smurf boxes up, and. Um, for whatever reason, it just conjures up the feeling and imagery of the 80s retail experience of walking into a store as a kid and just seeing these hundreds of mint in package Super Smurf boxes behind the counter and thinking I want them all. Uh, <laughs> and um, and to this day, whenever I it's the, the part of sort of the Smurf display that I'm most excited about putting together is like, how am I going to display these super Smurf boxes? Right. Interesting. Yeah. I don't remember those. I, I've, I've been Googling them and I'm like, Oh, that's what they were. Yeah. They're, they're very cool looking. Those boxes are awesome. Yeah. Even though there are always toy lines that people never purchase, are there any that you specifically and purposefully avoid? This can be a toy line, specific character, etc. So you're in the store and you see the Snorks, the Smurfs, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Transformers, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever. Like, what's the one that you're not going to go towards? You're not going to like this answer, but Transformers. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Never had any interest. They don't do anything for me. They never did do anything for me. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I have no interest. You know, that's, that's okay. Yeah, it you is know, okay. It, Thank you. Thank it, you. Yeah. It's not like, like. Thanks for not I, coming at me. I felt. No, no, no. I, I'm like not, I was in a little bit of an unsafe space saying. No, 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 no. Look, look. I'm it, fucking with you. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just because we are Transformers, like, 
Transformers literally helped us start the network. That's what started it. But <clears throat> we have plenty shitting all over. No, 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 no. Hey, look, if it doesn't do anything for you, it doesn't do anything for you. That's that's fine. I mean, it's it's no big deal. You know. I think I had one. I think I had a couple of them. I just it didn't do anything for me. I mean, you know, I, see the the thing with Transformers is it's all at least generation 1. It's all vehicles, Beast Wars is animals, and then there's this all this other stuff throughout the last almost forty years. But you know, if it if it didn't do anything for you, it didn't do anything for you. That's it's fine. It's not like the movies. The movies. Oh. Oh, sore subject. No, it's not. <laughs> I those movies, man. Like I, I love that they made the brand a bunch of money. Uh, the movies themselves. The first movie was okay-ish. The second movie was horrible. The third was okay, and then four and five. Like, so I'll say this because I've said this before. I didn't even. I stopped going to theaters. I haven't. The last time I was at a theater, my former wife and I were at uh, at. The thirtieth anniversary of of the the original animated eighty six film when they started doing like special like events for that. That's the last time I was at a movie. I don't like. I'm when when it comes to my media, I'm one of those control freaks. Like, give me the remote, let me do my thing, kind of person. Mm. And I prefer to sit at home in my own space. If I want to pause the thing, I can pause it. If I want to stop it, if I want to go do something else, or if I want to sit here and watch it for two and a half hours or whatever it is, I have the control. Whereas going to a theater, as great as it is to see the stuff on the big screen, you have no control. And especially if you get a drink, then halfway through, you're going to have to go to the bathroom and you're going to miss something. So, yeah, so yeah no, I don't, I don't. But the the funny thing is with with that that fifth the the last night the la- the last uh last film and the whatever but like I watched it here at home and I'm like I got maybe 15 and a half minutes into that fi- I haven't even finished watching the fifth live action film I won't I mean I will we're eventually going to cover all of them because we're going to do the winter of Bayhem at some point but but yeah, no, those those movies, man. There's so many other good like if you want to find your and I'm not saying your you, Michael Osiello, are gonna find your entry point into Transformers. I'm saying if you wanted to, there are so many other better entry points than the Michael Bay films. Please stop trying to force your Transformer obsession on me. I said I've, I don't want them. I don't like them. Absolutely. I'm not forcing anything on you at all. I'm just saying if you were interested, I'm not saying you are, and you've told me you're mm-hmm. not, and that's fine, and we're going to move on. Uh, what yeah, is uh, – nobody already did that. Is uh, 16. Are there any toys in the past or currently that you wish you had not bought them? Are there any toys that you may have sold that you regret letting them go? So toys that I didn't buy and regret not buying and them toys I bought that I wish I hadn't. So toys that you wish you had not, like you bought something, you got it home and you're like, why did I buy this? Or toys that you might have sold that you regret selling. Mm. 
I regret selling a lot of the the Muppets stuff that I had as a kid. Uh, I regret selling the you know the original Miss Piggy stuffed animal that I I, I referenced earlier. Um, I think I was of the mind where I'm going to just hang on to the Smurfs and get rid of everything else. Um, and I I regret I regret that. Um, and you know I definitely regret you know getting rid of a lot of this the Star Wars stuff even though it wasn't mint in package it would would be nice to still have hung on to some of those action figures or the large size action figures um uh that would have been cool to still have um i think some toys and this is more recent that i that i i regret the times where i have purchased a more modern piece of smurf merchandise because I thought that it passed the litmus test. Like I thought it had enough nostalgia in it, but then I brought it home and I'm like, no, this is a modern Smurf toy. Um, you know, I recently did sort of a decluttering of or a downsizing of the collection when I was moving it across country for the, for the movie. And I made some cuts and almost all of the cuts that I made were things that I had gotten in modern times that uh, I thought maybe looked cool, but it, at the end of the day, you know, ultimately didn't didn't have the same sort of nostalgic pull as the primary collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Where you know, like you said earlier, you're at the time. It's several times you've curated the thing, and I've. So for me, just I mean, other listener, the people listening probably know this already. I've done 160 something episodes of this show in the last X number of years. But just for you, I, when I was, I was talking earlier about buying the Optimus prime and the sound wave and the blaster and whatever, I had a toy collection from 2005 to 2011 in 2011 financial things came up. I had to sell the stuff. I was perfectly fine without that collection because I had to take care of the stuff, the financial stuff and everything else. I still appreciated the toys. I still ran the podcast up until I think 2014. And then I stopped it until it came back last year with this very format that we're doing right now. Uh, my buddy Josh had a couple ideas of, of doing a toy podcast. And I said to him, I said, dude, I already have a built in audience. I can bring the show back. And, and we brought it back and it's, you know, it's, it's still going. We do, toy talk episodes we do this thing called display case where myself josh and somebody else or whomever it is me and two other people it doesn't matter if it's josh or somebody else we will each talk about like for you michael like if i said oh i found the funko pop smurfette toy and you have your own smurfette figurine and then somebody else has something else we each sit here and essentially do a audio version of a YouTube video review of the toy, like just talking mm-hmm. about how, what we like about it, what is so cool about it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where it doesn't matter like who ha- a, you can like whatever you want to like and whatever. We all have various things and things like that, but it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I completely lost my train of thought. Damn it. God, I hate when that happens. Mm, it's, it's because you're 42. Ha! <laughs> yeah. 
I know I'm not the answer to everything. Imagine how it is for me being eight years older. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. No, I, I've realized as I'm on my way out of 42 and into 43 next year, I, I wasn't the answer to everything. Not that I ever thought I was in the beginning, but, uh, but yeah. All right. Question 17. How large or small is your toy collection? Do your toys take up the whole house or are they relegated to one room shelf or something like that? So, I mean, it, it, it changes. It evolves. I will say that prior to the, the, the um, production of the movie, my Smurf collection was housed in my garage in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little place in L.A. And I, I transformed the garage into a retail experience um basically a vintage smurf toy store um, of my dreams and there are photos of these online if you want to google it but um it was always a dream of mine to have a smurf room um but not a traditional room more of like a a museum slash store and that that dream became a reality a couple years ago and so the majority of the collection and I would say, when I say majority of the collection, majority of the collection was still in storage. There was, there was a very curated selection of, of the Smurf collection um, in, in the, this garage space. But it was definitely confined to one area. Um, and then, you know, the rest of my home and the rest, rest of my apartment here in New York, there are little Smurf touches here and there. Um, but gone are the days where my living space is just, you know, sort of uh, overrun with Smurf collectibles. Um, and, and again, a lot of that is I, I have learned how to display the collection in a way that is more artful. Absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. If you do, how do you keep track of your collection? Well, I mean, there are... It's such a huge collection that I you know there are there are, there are points where I'm like start to inventory and then I just we get so overwhelmed and it just it's just too much. Um, so really, the way I keep track of it now is all of the display bins for the collection are see through. So it's much easier for me when I'm carting the collection around, particularly from coast to coast, for me just to visually see. Oh right, that's 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 the container that has the super Smurfs. This is the container that has the regular Smurfs. This is the container that has the Christmas Smurfs. You know, so that's sort of real where I, I'm able to sort of keep a mental sort of checklist of everything versus an actual physical tangible checklist. It's so funny you say that about having certain ones at certain like your New York apartment or your place in LA or wherever. It reminds me of what I did when I was a kid. My parents got divorced when I was two years old in 1982. By 1986-87, when I was six or seven years old, I would keep several bad guys at my mom's house, but it was pretty much overrun with the good guys. I would keep maybe one good guy and then all of the bad guys at my dad's house in Rhode Island. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was not it was too great. hard to unpack what's going on there. 
<laughs> well, and it was funny because I had a whole He-Man and the Masters of the Universe collection. And Castle Grayskull was at Mom's house. Snake Mountain was at Dad's house. And yes, I used the microphone all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the 80s. I, I miss the 80s. Same. <laughs> where's, that, where's that time machine that they promised us? I, back I know, right? Come on, uh, Doc Brown and Mark. Where would you go? I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm not, you're, you're asking the questions. Where, if you could... If you could have a, be access to a time machine, what year would you go to, and where, and, and like keeping it sort of in 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 the toy world? Well, that's easy. Nineteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six, and where? Boston, Massachusetts, just outside of just south of Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Kingston, Plymouth, Plimpton area. That's where I grew up, and. As of, oh God, December of this year, holy shit. As of December of this year, it will have been a decade since I have been back in Massachusetts. So in December of 2012, my mom wasn't doing so well health-wise. She was staying with someone where the apartment that she had was upstairs. It's New England, folks. It's Boston. It's New England. It's Massachusetts. These are like, you know, Cape Cod homes on the edge of Hull, Massachusetts, right on the beach. And they have these old rickety stairs. She fell down the stairs one too many times. And I said, look, send me the money or buy me the plane ticket. I will get up there. We will, I will bring you to Kentucky and you just need to come back down here. And that was in December of 2012. She came back down here. We made a go of it as far as living together and things like that and everything else. By 2013 and 2014, she started getting sick. And then in 2015, she passed. But yeah, it's been... But yes, if I if I had a time machine right now, I would go back to Massachusetts, 1986, because that just... 86 was the year for me because there were so many things in 1986. You had... Like I mentioned before, you were in like the second or third season of Gem. I think it was probably the second season of Gem. You had Transformers was just ending, plus the movie just came out. You had ALF starting with Knight Rider ending. So you, so for me, and it's, it's one of those things where I, I've said this in every podcast that I've done recently. The 80s to me is a virtual timeline of things starting doing what they did, stopping, and then there's something that comes next. So if you look at, let's say, 1983 to 1987. 83, you had He-Man. 84, you had Transformers and Voltron. 85, you had G.I. Joe and Mask and Jim and all that and Thundercats and Silverhawks was in 86. By 87, you had Turtles and Turtles ran through till the 90s. and So it, it's this moving transition of time but yeah if i if i could go back in time right now i would immediately go back to 1986 is there a specific toy store that you would go to child world it was a local massachusetts based store that eventually uh, toys r us and kb put out of business but that was the place that that i absolutely loved going to because it was kind of like this if i remember right I've looked at several pictures of what the buildings were. What the 
that was the coolest thing about Child World. Like, yes, Toys R Us has Jeffrey, and Jeffrey is awesome, and yes, we all want to be Toys R Us kids. Fine, whatever. Child World was a castle. The outside of the building looked like a castle, and I have always, ever since I was a kid, ever since I saw the Sword in the Stone, I was always about that Arthurian legend, castles, knights, you know, magical swords that are supposed to do all this stuff, you know, being the chosen one of being able to pull the sword out of the stone and all that and everything else. So the store, the outside of the store looked like a castle. The inside of the store, I couldn't tell you. But really? I don't remember the inside of the store at all. Wow. I, I, I don't. I have no That's memory. That's where all the it. toys were. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I understand that. But That's like, how a store works. Yes, yes, I know. But I, I really, I assume it was just like every other toy store. So do you, do you, do you have, do you, are, I'm sure pictures exist online of what that exterior looked like. And do you like have a framed picture of it, like in your, in, in your living room? Over your <laughs> no, I don't. No, I, I like the store, but I wasn't like, you know, suit like I, yeah, no, I, okay. like I, I've seen, I've seen pictures of it, but I have like, yeah, no, it, I haven't built my, my whole like built a replica of it in your backyard. Yeah. No, no, no. You're not there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh Yeah, so Child World slash Child World Children's Palace Corporation Retail founded 1962 it went defunct in September of 92. So oh. pretty much well, 30, for a couple years after Yeah, 30 yeah. years pretty much and mm. and yeah, it was it was really it was just one of those things. It was just but yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you if it was like I assume, obviously, just like every other toy store that we had back then. You had an aisle for Barbies and and the girls' stuff and all that and everything else. You had the remote control car aisle. You had the action figure aisles. You had the sports stuff. You had the the you know, and of course, in the eighties, you know, video games were just starting to become a big thing. But man, Toys R Us just took over. Mm-hmm. And it just like I said, Toys R Us put them out of business. It was like I had forgotten that it was you know wasn't until '92 that they actually went out of business. But it's just one of those things where, mm. yeah. <sighs> All right, let's see how. So you you've mentioned several times about curating and displaying your toys. How do you display your Smurfs collection? Well, again, I display, so I display them in, in this sort of store environment. So um, one of the things as a modern Smurf collector that I do is I buy multiples. I buy a lot of the same thing. Like recently, I, you know, I, I mentioned to you that I love the Super Smurf boxes. Well, I saw on eBay about six months ago that someone who clearly worked in a, a store in the eighties and had all of this dead stock of Smurfs, but had like hundreds of the same super Smurfs all in there. Like they would come like in five packages from the, from the wholesaler, they'd come in like packages of five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I, uh, I, I bought them all. Like I bought, I bought all of, them and 
the reason I bought all of them was because I have this idea of, you know, wanting to recreate that retail experience of walking into the store and just seeing that display of all of the, the, these toys. But there's something about, you know, the, the, repetition and the duplication of it like that 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 is a retail experience you go in you don't see you don't see one of the same toy you see like 60 of the same toy you know because they've got all this stock well i want all that stock i want to visually look at all that stock i want to i want to touch that stock i want i want all of that so that's that's really how my my the way i display my the smurf toys now and the way i displayed it in the store was just a lot of, of the same thing like like i had a a plush section and i had 30 of the same small blue plush toy all in one thing because it just reminded me of what it looked like in a toy store back in the day um instead of like 60 different stuffed animals yeah and it reminds me of and i don't know if you ever saw this and i'm i'm sorry to keep bringing up those giant robots, but what you're talking about reminds me of the Pawn Stars episode where this this guy had like six different version, not different versions, but like six of the same version of like Trypticon or mm-hmm. uh, Fortress Maximus or whatever. And I like the idea. I remind the, the way you just explained it just reminds me of Woody and Buzz going through the toy aisles. Yes, in, in the movie, and I I like the idea, but there are so many different characters for me in the Funko world that I love that I could not just buy yeah. the same toy over and over and over again. Right. Well, you you don't have to buy the same toy, but you could pick ten toys whose packaging you really love, and buy those ten buy ten of those ten toys, right. and then have a like a little area. I'm not telling you how to display your toys here. No, no, no. I know. I'm just I saying know. you could have like a little section that sort of conjured up that 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 visual image and that feeling of an old school like toy store anyway that's when i'm always chasing that high yeah that high of walking into my favorite store called gift expressions that sold smurfs or even walking into a toys r us during the smurf heyday and seeing like just a whole a whole wall of smurf toys um that there's just something that's so magical and um about that and i want to recreate it absolutely and I think even though I'm probably not going to do this because it was hard enough for me to find this one, but actually a friend of mine sent it to me because I, I haven't been able to find it. But uh, it's Funko Pop, Kate Bishop with Lucky the Pizza Dog. It's the Funko Blacklight series. So basically, you know, you shine the, the, the blacklight or the UV or whatever, and, and she and the dog glow. Well, this pop box is not your normal white on gray with other artwork. It's all black. Like, this toy right now, and I'll, I'll send you a picture afterwards, uh, this I could see having a whole wall of, because that way I could just put a giant black light above it, and we'd have all kinds of glowing Kate Bishops and Lucky the Pizza Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, you need to do this. <laughs> you need to do this. This is hard enough finding if, if you take anything away from our conversation today, it's that you absolutely need to create that wall. <laughs> I I will try. No promises. <laughs> it's hard enough to find her. Like I said, I had to have a friend in Louisville, Kentucky. Just He just sent her to me, and I was like, oh, thank you so much. I've been looking for this. and. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the eBay people, oh god! It's, it's not even resellers. It's just some of the people that are selling some of the fun. Go- oh man, the, the it's it's a whole thing. Do you go to toy fairs? No, I don't. I don't really go to. And that's a question later. Actually, okay, we can but, wait. We can wait until we get to it. Yeah. All right. So everybody is safe, but something happens to the apartment or the house or the garage or whatever. If you could only keep one toy from your entire collection, what would it be and why? That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. I uh I mean, I would probably be one of the like one of the sort of special rare figurines that my late husband got me for Christmas. He would always he would always like I had a list of like super rare smurf figurines that I was always on the, the hunt for and uh, and one of them is co- called the uh, green surprise bag Smurf. That's like the, the name of it. And it's uh, it's uh, a Smurf holding this little like sort of European gift bag, um, and it was super rare. And I remember he got it for me for Christmas one year, and that's that's special for me because it has a lot of sentimental value. I suppose uh, if if that one was easily accessible and I didn't have to dig too deep to get it right uh, i that would be the one that i would grab all right folks we've gotten through 20 of the 42 questions we're going to take a quick ad break and we're going to come back right after this and get michael's more of michael's toy story and life story after this only on Toycast. we'll be right back with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, geeks and geekettes. Looking for a podcast that covers a vast array of topics? Then check out Altered Geek Unleashed, where we discuss our thoughts on this week's geeky news, tech, 
gaming, television shows, movies, cartoons, comics, and more. So, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks. Every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Because the world needs another movie podcast. The GeekCast Radio Network presents for your listening pleasure, The Cinema Geek. Hosted by Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan. Each week we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news. Play movie games. Go in-depth on reviews. And even have a top ten countdown or two. Also, don't miss our director retrospective series, where we review noted directors' movies film by film. Bottom line is, if you love movies and love podcasts, you need to experience The Cinema Geek. You can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or GeekCastRadio.com. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Mark Who Fortitude Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Marku 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. Hurry, Skeletor, hurry! I am hurrying, I'm hurrying! The Powers of Grayskull series has covered every episode of all of the Masters of the Universe cartoons except for two. Join Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, evolve into the Masters of Grayskull, and finally reveal the revelation of Masters of the Universe. We'll also be finding out the origins of how guests got into or out of watching the Masters of the Universe cartoons, and and so much more. You can find the podcast at geekcastradio.com and any podcatching client you choose to use. By the power and for the honor of Grayskull, we all have the power. Amen! Always Amen! I bet that mirror got vanity too! Then we have to rescue them, Brainy! Absolutely not. Let someone else be the foolish hero. I'm. We are back here on Toycast. On the GeekCast Radio Network with Michael Osiello talking about toys. So on the flip side of the last question before the break, here's the toy box challenge. You get one 18 by 18 by 18 box. The only toys you can keep have to fit in the box. What can you pack into it? I packed the Star Wars Smurfs art figurines I referenced earlier. And then I would I would put all the super valuable 
Smurfs, like the ones with, you know, the, there were only a hundred of them that were made. Um, the ones that, that have actual monetary value and then the ones that have sentimental value. Very cool. Very cool. Are you a Funko fan? No. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I will say, though, they have three, six, seven. They have seven Funko Pop Smurf figurines. And they've got uh, Papa Smurf. They've got Astro Smurf. They've got Smurfette. They've got Brainy. They've got Gargamel with Azrael. Uh, and I believe most of these are probably all vaulted. Yeah, they were all they all came out in like 2017. But no, I've seen them. I've seen them, and I, I they're aesthetically they're I like they're nice. They're nice to look at. Um, I just I can't go down the road of modern Smurf toy collecting. I can't. I mean, I I'm so sort of off my rocker with the vintage stuff that I I, I have to draw a line somewhere. And and a lot of it is that's where I want to draw the line. This is what I like, but also it's just sort of like self-preservation. I just, I can't, I I, I need to have boundaries. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. What was the most money you ever spent on a toy? Probably. I think there was a a play set about a year ago that I got on eBay, a Smurf moon landing play set that was, Four hundred dollars, couple hundred dollars. That 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 is up there. Um, the, the the large sized Smurfs, like the one you saw see in the movie, the Papa Smurf one. Those were more, but those were a gift. I didn't buy those. Kit got me those. Yeah, I actually don't know what they cost, but I have to imagine they were over five hundred dollars each. Um, but I think this Smurf landing one, which is a super rare, mint in package, uh, super super Smurf. Um, I think that was, I think one of probably the most, one of the most expensive ones. Very cool. Very cool. What on the flip side of that, what was the cheapest toy you bought? What was the best deal you ever got for a figure? Um, well, it wasn't a figure, but several years ago I found on eBay that someone was selling a Smurf sticker display, retail display from the 80s, one that my favorite store, Gift Expressions, had. Um, and it had not only the six Smurf stick, full sticker rolls, mint in package, but it had the whole retail cardboard display. Um, and basically it's like these rolls of stickers come out of like this mushroom house and it's beautiful. And I remember seeing it on eBay and I, I don't remember how much it was, but I remember it was a steal, a steal. And I, and I, oh my God, I snapped that up immediately. And it's one of the coolest visually, one of the coolest things that I had in my, my quote unquote Smurf store. Um, and, and I would have paid a lot more money for that. I mean, I think it was just maybe a little over a hundred dollars and it's huge. It's big. It's like, it's considerable size. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, I I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What modern and or vintage toy lines are you currently collecting? None. Yeah. It's just Smurfs for you. Yeah, it's uh and that's that's cool. That's awesome. 
that you, you know, like you were saying about, you know, when I was mentioning the, the Funko Pop Smurfs, where you were talking about, you know, having to have limits on yourself. Yeah. Like, for me, I don't buy it. Like, I don't have every, like, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned this off air. I might have mentioned it on air. I know I've mentioned it on air before. Currently, I have about two, just under 250 Funko Pops. I know people that have way more than I do, but I am curating my collection to the characters that I absolutely love. And with you, with your toy collecting, you have curated to the one franchise that you absolutely love. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't, and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm not trying to put words, words into your mouth, but you don't feel like you need, like you have no interest in any other, like, you may say, oh, that's cool, or oh, that, that looks great, that's fun, that, that's amazing, whatever. But it's just you have no real interest in having it yourself. Right. And that's not to say that I won't buy modern toys, like one-offs, but not as part of a collection. Um, yeah. And usually what will happen is I'll see something that's cool. And usually it's a, it's a, it's a custom toy. Usually it's an artist. Um, you, you know, there's some really incredible incredibly talented action figure artists um, that um, one of them is a uh, uh, goes by the handle death by toys on, um, on Instagram who he, he um, his, his name is Dan um, Polydorus. And he, he makes basically these uh, these card back action figures modeled after sort of the eighties Kenner star Wars figurines, but the toys themselves are, really funny and really dark and kind of dirty and <laughs> I'm obsessed with his stuff. He's, he's, he's so funny and so smart. And um, I'm regularly spending way too much money on, on these one-off action figure pieces of art that he makes because they make excellent gifts around the holidays. That's, that's awesome. That's great. Like just to give you an example, like he, he made an Abraham Lincoln present day action figure with a card back and everything. And it's uh-huh. basically just a skeleton. Oh, oh. I know. And it's like, what? Does, does the skeleton Abe at least have the top hat? <laughs> it does not have the top hat. Oh, no I would think hat. it's so much. Oh God. But, um, it's they, they, they're so, I mean, they're so wrong. They're right. But anyway, you should check that out. Death by Toys. He he makes some incredible things. He just made he made a Smurf card back figurine. He took an old vintage Smurf figurine that had an axe um, mm-hmm. or like a, a like a tool, some kind of tool, and he right. put blood over it, and he put oh. blood on the axe, and he made it a shining themed Smurf. Wow! And I. And his stuff goes so quick. I saw that pop up in my feed, and he there it was a one of a kind. I bought that immediately. So that kind of stuff, I'll I'll, I'll buy like sort of that those kind of really super unique um, pieces of art. Toys. Here's Brainy. Yeah, <laughs> I know it wouldn't be Brainy that had, to, but like, oh, that's all I can think of. Is that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that that is so so cool. 
All right. So you brought it up a little bit earlier. Here it is now. Do you visit toy shows and conventions when you visit toy shows or conventions? Do you have a typical methodology? Do you bring a certain amount of money for what you're searching for, etc.? For me, I don't do crowds. I hate crowds. So I don't do conventions. Uh, the last convention I was at was... BotCon 2016, and I was only there for the Stan Bush concert, which wasn't even... It was separate from where BotCon was actually happening. So, but what about you? I don't do them anymore. I did do them in the 90s and in the early 2000s before eBay exploded on the scene and, and, and when you could actually go to a toy show and find things. I think the the advent of eBay really cut into the toy show market. And I think what you, a lot of the toy shows now it's a lot of modern toys because all the vintage stuff will just be put on eBay. And, and, um, and so like back in the nineties, um, I remember there was a toy, an annual toy convention in Atlantic city called Atlantique city. I don't even know if it still goes on now, but I went, I remember going there and just finding so many cool um, vintage Smurf uh, pieces um, that I, I, that I think I would never find at a toy show now because they would just, it would be on eBay. Um, people wouldn't be selling these at, at those kind of toy shows. Um, and then I'd go to sort of one, one off sort of more smaller local um, uh, toy shows as well. Um, and I did at one point, uh, Kit and I went to Belgium, which is w- where the Smurfs were born. Um, right. Cause every year there is a Smurf toy fair uh, there. And one, and I've always wanted to go and this is, you know, obviously years ago, but we, we went to Belgium for this Smurf. It was basically a toy show with just like Smurf merchandise. It was incredible. Um, and, and sort of to answer your question, like with Atlantic city, what I would do is my, my process would be, I do, I, I'd do a loop, one quick loop. And I would be looking for that sort of the Smurf blue you know, cause it really sticks out. So I would just pass booth after booth looking for, you know, that Smurf blue and to see, you know, who had Smurf merchandise. And I'd do sort of a quick pass, clock the, the booths that I needed to go back to. And then I would do another pass going slowly through the, the booths that I have ad- identified. Very cool. Very cool. What do you think it is about our generation that caused our childhood toys to mean so much more to us than, say, for instance, our parents' generation? I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, I. I would only. I think all I can speak to is like why I think toys were more special then than they are now is just, I think the, the arrival of video games. Um, you know, we, we had fewer options when we were kids. Oh yeah. We, there was much less we could do, you know, it's like playing with our toys was one of those things that we could do. Um, we did not have the internet, you know, we did not have, you know, 
a certain part of my childhood, we weren't, we couldn't watch movies at home, you know, until VCR. Mm-hmm. Came out. So, uh, so I think they're just, they made, made the toys more, more precious and special. Yeah, absolutely. What is your motivation for purchasing toys to display, play, fiddle, describe your collecting style? Are you a completionist, storyteller, cherry picker, or otherwise? I may, I find as much, um, new old stock that I can find that that is that is the collector that I am now it's there aren't really specific pieces I'm after I'm mm-hmm. looking for you know the the person who used to run a gift store in the 80s and put all of the dead stock in storage and is now taking it out of storage and is like I'm going to put this on eBay and sell it that that's what I that that that's what I'm hunting hunting for very cool. Very cool. Have you ever purchased a toy for a child with the ulterior motive of playing with it yourself? No. Okay. Have you ever purchased a vintage toy for a child because you thought it would be fun based on your own preferences? Not for a child, but adults. Like now I'll find fun 80s toys. Like I, I recently went to a um, a vintage store in New Jersey that I've been wanting to go for a while. And I was walking through there and I just, I found some really cool sort of eighties toys that I didn't want for myself, but I, mm-hmm. I admired them and I liked them so much that I was like, I'm going to get these and then give them as a gift. And I don't know to who, um, and I don't know when, but mm-hmm. I know I, I need to share this magic that I found. Right. Absolutely. Do you do any toy modifications or customs, painting, building, building dioramas? No, I don't. No, I don't touch or taint any of the the toys. What I will do is like I'll mention if there's an artist that takes a Smurf and does something really fun and artful with it, I will buy that from them. But I, I, I wouldn't do it myself. Yeah. Do you think toy companies should specifically have adult collector toys, child toys, or find a way to mix both? Yeah. Um, I don't really have a strong feeling about that e- either way. I, uh, um, To me, I, I feel like, like the, the toys that I buy are the toys that I had as a kid. So right. I, I wouldn't really be drawn to toys that are marketed or packaged for an adult. Um, so yeah, I think, I think if I'm more of like a one size fits all kind of thing, you, you make the toy and then, and anyone who wants it can have it. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have a, my parents got rid of my toys story. I don't. Okay. Um, I, I think I only have myself to blame. Okay. Like Is there a story of, behind that? Not really a story, but I, you know, I don't re- like, I don't actually remember where my star Wars action figures went. Okay. Uh, I do remember we had some flea markets or garage sales, yard sales as a kid where I'm sure I probably, you know, cause we all were like, we all had our little section and we could all sell our own stuff. I'm sure I sold, I'm sure I sold them 
there for for whatever but um i don't really have i don't have a i don't like have this like cool story where you know uh you know someone came in in the middle of the night and stole all my action figures right right okay do you feel you are coming to an end of your active collecting if so what has signified this phase for you was there ever a moment when you were ever done with toys altogether I do feel like I'm getting to a point where I have all of the Smurfs that I need and okay. then some. Um, and part of that is, you know, just space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I'm only going to really display so many Smurfs at any given time. Um, so I, I do feel like I'm getting to the point where I, you know, the days are over where I, I would go I think on an eBay frenzy or even go to a toy show or even go to Belgium to a Smurf fair and like buy all these Smurfs. Right. Um, I think, I think now it's just more of like, like seeing one offs or something that I, I need or, or seeing this sort of, again, this someone selling all this amazing sort of dead stock from the eighties. Yeah, absolutely. So on the flip side of that, what is one toy you'd love to have scaled up and functional for real people, for the real world? Scaled up and functional? What do you mean? Like a giant statue, like a giant Stay puff Marshmallow Man walking down New York City. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I like if we keep staying in the Smurf thing, I feel like everything's living when the Macy's Thanksgiving parade happens and I see the giant Smurf, you know, walking down Sixth Avenue, I feel like, you know, I feel like that, that's sort of my, the, the marshmallow thing for me. Um, but, uh, I, uh, um, I don't know if, I don't know if I, that's something I, I need or want or I'm craving. <laughs> How did Kit deal with your collection? Not well. Okay. Is that I'm, a source? Do you want me to not? I, no, I'm, 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 no, I'm, it's like, it's in the movie. I mean, it's in the okay. trailer. You can see it. It's, okay. it was, a, it was an issue. It was, a, um, you know, cause as I mentioned, you know, Kit was, had a very refined taste uh, and, very refined visual palette and walking into my apartment in Bloomfield, New Jersey and seeing what was essentially a, you know, a flea market Mm -hmm. display all over my apartment of Smurfs Mm -hmm. was, was, challenging um and brought up some stuff for him you know and i think looking back on it it's it's funny um it's very you know very funny because we just seeing our two very different tastes um sort of crash into each other Uh um but at the time it was you know it was a little scary because uh because it really did highlight our differences and um and I think in the beginning, he had a very antagonistic relationship with my Smurfs that became over our, you know, 14 years together, a very loving and affectionate um, relationship with them. Well, that's good. 
That's always good. Yeah, it's always hard to introduce. <laughs> this sounds, no matter who I'm talking to, this always sounds so stupid in my head, but it's always weird bringing somebody home knowing you're a toy collector, knowing you have a collection set up, whether it's museum style, whether it's flea market style, whatever. It's like, oh, by the way, I'm a toy collector. This is one of the reasons why when now there weren't any pictures of of my collection on the dating site, but when Karen and I met on OKCupid, I filled out over a hundred and fifty. I wanted my profile to be as specific and as honest and as open as I possibly could get it. I said I was a podcaster, I was a toy collector, I was this, I was that, and we connected and you know everything else. But it's it really is difficult, you know, showing people toy collections when we are supposed to be grown adults in quote air quotes you know kind of thing but it's what we enjoy it's what brings us joy it's what you know we look at and we see and we have whatever memories that we have from having those toys and for kid the issue wasn't the toy collecting mm -hmm. it was the how I displayed it. It was the lack of okay. curation and the lack of artistry, I think, which was, which was, you know, offended him more than anything. You know, it's like, I don't have any problems, you know, Smurfs per se, but why are they just like laying all over your dresser? You know, like why, why, why you could do such a better job displaying this and have more fun with it. And I, and, and he taught me how to do that. Um, and, and I, I think a lot, I think that makes a big difference. I think it can, can make a toy collection seem scary and, uh, the difference between it being scary and, and being sort of admirable. And, yeah. and I, I feel like I, I'm more at the stage now where I would proudly show off my Smurf collection because it doesn't look like a flea market anymore. So... Before things started going south, he really did, you know, you guys really kind of came together with the whole aspect of him helping you curate it to the point where, he, you know, he was an artist, was he not? Yeah, he was a photographer, designer, okay. yeah, all yeah. that. So as a designer, he can look at that and say, okay, what if we try this? And you look at it and you say whatever you might have said kind of thing. And it's, it's one of those things where as, as a couple, as when you're in a relationship with someone, whatever the interests are, you, you help each other. You, you figure it out. You do whatever is, you know, you compromise. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for me, it felt a little bit like an education um, mm -hmm. because uh, I didn't particularly love the way I was displaying my Smurfs before I met Kit. Um, okay. And I certainly w wasn't, I, I felt, I knew I could do better. Um, and I eventually did do better. And when we had our first apartment, you know, you see the difference. Like it's, it's depicted in the movie. Mm -hmm. When we move in together, the Smurf display in our apartment um is very different from the Smurf display that Kit stumbled on in Bloomfield, New Jersey, or in the, in the movie, it's Jersey City. But right. um, you can see the impact 
he had on me when you when you see how the Smurfs are displayed in our first apartment. And that's just one really, really awesome aspect to to your whole story. Like I, again, it, you say compromise. I, I I think of it as more of you know helping each other out to, like you said earlier, ed- education kind of thing, yeah. you know, and, and that's great. Toy collecting can have its struggles. What is one aspect you tend to struggle with the most? Hmm. Um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Sorry. Um, I, I mean, whether to buy it or not. I mean, it's the sort of the 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 indecisiveness when when I'm you know getting ready to click buy now on an item on eBay and just sort of like for twenty minutes, like, do I need this? Do I want this? Do I have to have this? Is it worth the money? It's just yeah. sort of sort of you know those those little decisions. Um, are becoming increasingly uh, harder to to make because uh, as I sort of realize that I, I have more than I need. Right. What is one positive and or one negative memory you have with buying toys? Um, well, the positive memory you know, it all comes down to my experiences at this store called gift expressions that I had as a kid where I bought the lion's share of my smokes when I was, when I was young. I, uh, I have such fond memories of walking into that store in union, New Jersey and seeing the Smurfs in the yellow hexagonal rotating case. Um, you know, just wanting them all. And knowing yeah. that I could really, in the, on that given day, probably only buy one, and I had to make a decision, and um, just the excitement about that experience, those experiences and gift expressions are are my happiest toy memories. Um, my least favorite, I think, are about the the ways in which I was made to feel ashamed okay toys that i liked and the toys that i wanted um by my father Mm. you know whether it be um miss piggy or you know um you know i wasn't allowed to have barbie dolls but you know i had the princess lay a large-scale action figure and i treated her like a barbie doll right Uh, and I knew that it wasn't popular thing to be doing, like playing with girl toys. Right. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. If you could create any toy, whatever company, I don't know who owns Smurfs. Cur- I assume it's Mattel. But I don't it's not. Know. It's it's okay. not. It's it's um. It's yeah. it's. Um, I think there are many, several different companies, but basically the family of the Payo who who created Smart still own, owns the thing. Okay, 
So basically, if you could create any toy, what would you want to create? They give you the keys to the kingdom. What Smurf are you making? I think it'd be fun to make like a a a Smurf like a Michael Osiello Smurf, like a like a right. scoop Smurf, like a Smurf like a Smurf TV journalist. I don't know what that would look like necessarily, but mm-hmm. I think uh, like a a TV scoop Smurf would be cool um, to. To have because that does not exist. There's a journalist Smurf. There are versions of that, journalist, yeah. but nothing as specific as TV journalist Smurf. Yeah. That's that's what I'd like. Very cool. Very cool. What is the one piece of advice you would give to the toy collecting fandom? You don't have to display your entire collection. What is advice you'd give to kids who enjoy toys? Rip the packaging open and go to town. Play. 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 Play with that thing, whatever it is, and don't worry about appreciation, monetary value, or any of it. Absolutely. That's that's what kids are for. Like kids nowadays, whatever toys that their parents are getting them compared to what we had. Like kids today are like just like what we were you know, back in the seventies, eighties, it's, it, you know, although I do feel like there's some of their parents, like, and I, I know this with my own brother and his, with his nephew, it says like, there are some where he pressures them to keep them mint in package. And, I, and, and my advice would be like, don't listen to your parents, rip it open. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick ad break here and hear some ads and some other stuff. Uh, you're probably, I'm probably going to put the audio from the spoiler alert trailer in here somewhere as well, just so you can get a feel for what the movie is like. The movie is out in select theaters December 2nd. We will be right back with Michael Osiello after this. Hey, you look absolutely smurfly divine. Thank you, Vanity. Ah, yes, Vanity, you sly smurf, you divine is the word. Oh, I can think of a few more words, but I'm a lady. Do you like retro cartoons? Then Saturday Morning Rewind is the podcast for you. Join them each month as they talk about classic cartoons and interview legendary voice actors like Jim Cummings. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Corey Burton. Rob Paulson. Sure, Vane, but how are we going to find chaps our size? Nancy Cartwright and many more. Eat my shorts. So grab a bowl of Lucky Charms. The magically delicious. Put on your hammer pants. Go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And be prepared to feel like a kid again. Once again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Saturday Morning Rewind was voted best podcast ever by its host, Tim Nidell. So it's gotta be good. One of the primary themes of ToyCast is that we focus on times past. We are who we are today because of the nostalgic memories and experiences from our childhood. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for the toys that make us so addicted to nostalgia. Times Past Collectibles in Chicago, Illinois is your primary go-to collectible store to reclaim the toys that drove those memories and experiences. Specializing in action figures from all of your favorite toy lines like Star 
Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, Silverhawks, Ghostbusters, TMNT, Mask, and more. Get your dose of nostalgia with a shop run by collectors for collectors. Whether you are looking for loose G.I. Joe, Ice Cream Soldier, a packaged Leonardo, recent Star Wars Black Series figures, or an AFA-graded Boba Fett, Times Past Collectibles is bringing you back to your childhood. Visit the shop at 1450 North Ashland Ave in Chicago, just two blocks south of Ashland and North Ave. Call the shop at 847-830-1031 or email timespastcollectibles1982 at gmail.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Just search Times Past Collectibles because, folks, it's past time that you get your collectibles. So let's say you're looking for a podcast of your favorite 80s comic books, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, etc. Where are you going to go to find us? Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. That's right, everybody. We're the Star Joe's. We host a podcast called Star Joe's Podcast, where we talk about your favorite comic books, your favorite toys of all the 80s properties. Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask, Thundercats, Voltron, you name it, we cover it. If it's in the 80s, we will we'll cover it at some point. Yeah, so what you want to do to find us, you can go to iTunes, you can go to www.starjoes.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Middle child, two brothers. We're actually very close, but they live in different states. Only child. Childhood obsessions. Christmas magic. My name is Michael. You're a great dancer. You're a terrible liar. And that's Kid. I've always imagined that my life was like a typical romantic comedy. You were so confident. I mean, you just swept off your clothes like you're a stripper at a bachelorette party. And I basically shower with clothes on. <laughs> I'll just shut up now. Shall we go to your place tonight? Here's my door. Before we go in, just open the door. Okay. What is this, Michael? Oh, you don't want to... Oh, my God, they're in here, too. Oh, Papa. You turn my sixes tonight. I think you're very cool, and I'm worried that you're going to break my heart. No, Dad, this is my friend, Mike. A friend? Yes, Mom, just a friend. What is going on here? Who is this guy? He's my boyfriend. Your boyfriend? I think it's a great kid. We may not look like it, but we are actually kind of hip. Oh, my God. We were going to go to Woodstock, you know. Fine. I am. Let's just take a moment to appreciate this beauty. Kid, what is going on? Are you all right? Calm down off the ledge, Mike. I'm seeing a doctor tomorrow. I'm afraid the news isn't good. I was always afraid Kit would break my heart, and eventually he did. He broke it open. I've only got You have to run the race in front of you because that's all there is. Looking back, this is less of a rom-com and more of a love story. He can't sit for four hours. We've been honest bed. All the beds are occupied. Get my husband a bed! Well, that was Oscar worthy. Work for Shirley MacLaine. I'm sorry I never told you how good your ass looks in your khaki pants. <laughs> I was afraid if you understood how beautiful you are that you'd leave me. Thank you for inviting us. It was Kit's idea. I was vehemently opposed to it. And like all love stories, it never actually ends. 
right, we are back here on ToyCast. Michael, this has been an awesome Smurf-tastic journey. <laughs> hey, I, I grew up on Smurfs. I like the Smurfs. You have any Smurfs? No, I do not have any Smurfs. Hence why I was looking up the Funko Pops for the Smurfs. Why don't you have any Smurf Funko Pops? I have not. I've only been collecting the the Funko Pops since late 2016, early 2017. And I just haven't. Number one, I haven't sought them out. And number two, I haven't even seen them in stores at the time. And I think most of them at this point are probably, uh, you know, We've been talking about it the last you know hour, so eBay. I'll go on eBay at some point and and find some. Well, don't but, do it for me. Do it for yourself. <laughs> well, yes, no. I mean, because like I said, I remember watching the Smurfs. I remember that evil old man and his crazy cat trying to find the Smurf. Like I never understood why Gargamel wanted to eat the Smurfs. That made yeah. no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like we're going to get a standalone Gargamel movie, sort of like Joker. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like a really dark live action Gargamel movie that tells us why, why he is the way he is. You need to go and you need to write that right now and then pitch it to Hollywood, dude. Seriously. Like, that needs to be your story. You need to come up with that. I think, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I got to get, when does this come out? In the end of November? Uh, yeah, I got three November. weeks to write, to, to, to write this script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So where can the people find you online if they would like to interact with you, sir? Um, I'm on Instagram, um, and my handle is my full name, Michael Osiello. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, um, but I would say Instagram is where the best place to, to reach me or to read about what I'm up to and see stuff from the movie. Absolutely. Speaking of the movie, today, as of this recording... October 28th, 2020, I almost said 2019. What the hell's wrong with me? November 20, 28th. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, it's not November. No, it's not November. Oh, it's no, it's not October. October. Oh, I thought you meant the day that comes out. No, 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 no. Today, as of today, yep. as of this recording, October 28th, 2022, I saw your story. It's been one year since you guys started working on the film. Yes. So from you writing the book and making your memoir and getting the book out there to having it become a film, is that something that you wanted to do? How did that, how did making of the film come about? It was not something I set out to do. Um, it became something I wanted to do when I found out that there was interest. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it all, it was sort of a, a funny story. You know, Jim Parsons and I have known each other professionally for uh, for many years, mostly from me interviewing him at events. Um, you know, Big Bang Theory was a big show, mm -hmm. uh, a show that I loved, um, and, you know, various award shows and whatnot. And he came into our offices several times and I interviewed him. But anyway, we had a really fun rapport. And when my book came out, I needed moderators uh, at these book signings to do Q and A's with me. And I reached out to Jim and I was like, Hey, would you do this? And he said, yes, before even reading the book. 
Um, then he read the book. Um, and then we were backstage at Barnes and Noble before going out um, to do this Q and a when him and his husband mentioned what was his husband that actually mentioned that they were interested in optioning the book to, for it to become a movie. And it, that was the first moment where the idea of that really became the reality for, for me. Um, and that sort of, you know, set in motion the events uh, that got us to where we are today. Very cool. Very cool. Before I run through the closing, is there anything you want to say about the movie or is there anything I haven't asked you about the movie yet that you want to tell people? The scene in Michael's apartment, um, when Kit comes in, there are, there is a comforter. There are bed sheets. Michael's bed is fitted with Smurf, vintage Smurf bed sheets. It's important for for me to tell your listeners that while those vintage bed sheets were mine, That was a creative choice that differs from reality. I didn't actually have Smurf sheets on my bed. Um, And it's important that everyone knows that because even back then, I had a line that I wouldn't cross. (laughs) Yeah, we all have a line that we we, we never are going to cross, right? Absolutely. And Smurf bed sheets were my line, but... Um, for the purposes of the movie, dramatic license, whatever you want to call it, there was something very visually fun about seeing Smurf sheets on the bed. So, Yeah, absolutely. It's a movie that is, it has heart, it has com, it has everything you want in a movie, folks. Even though there are sad points in it. I will say that I had a lot of fun learning about yours because I, as of the, as of this podcast recording, I have not been able to get the audio book yet. I'm going to do that at some point in the next few weeks or so. But because uh, for me, I, I, I do everything in audio book form now. I can't, I just can't read books anymore. I can't concentrate on them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, but yeah, spoiler alert. It'll be out in select theaters December 2nd, and it was just an amazing piece of film. And your your story and Kid's story, I'm so sorry. It really sucks losing people. And, I mean, I guess technically I just spoiled the entire film, but that's your story, and that's – it just – I'm just so sorry, man. It just – Oh God! But mm. the film, folks, you, you, you people listening to the sound of my voice, you will enjoy this film because before before you came on the line, I was like, "Oh, Jim Parsons." Like I've already said, he <laughs> he has done three things that I absolutely love. Now, sometimes I get frustrated with Sheldon, but Sheldon's a character. But I love the Big Bang <laughs> Theory. I loved him as O in Home from DreamWorks, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved him in the play um, Playing God. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. I'll have, to, I'll have to see if I can find some YouTube clips. I wish I could find his whole thing, like the whole play that he does. But, yeah, Playing God, when I, I first found out about this, I was like, oh, my God. It's it's like Sheldon, but but he's supposed to be God. And then for like whatever like follow up performance, and I, I'm not dissing the person, but 
they got Sean Hayes instead of him for the second version. I, I don't like. I personally don't like that version. But yeah, Jim Parsons in in playing God was uh, I just love it so much. Spoiler alert! Like I said, folks, I've been said it like four times now since we came back from the break. December second, check it out. It's an awesome movie. You'll enjoy it. I'm going to run through this really quick because Michael has dinner reservations and we're going to get the heck out of here. So thank you for joining us here on ToyCast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send any email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can check us out on any podcasting platform you choose to use. I personally use Spotify because it has the best UI for me, but that's just me. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for the network, at TF Toycast for the show. I am at TFGO and Mike. You can, as he said, follow him on Twitter at Michael Osiello or Instagram at Michael Osiello. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also check out TF Toycast over there as well. Next time, what do we have next time? I think we have the Poppin' Duo. Vince and Bree, but I'm not sure. So we'll just have to wait and see for that. For now, I am TFG and Mike with Michael Osiello. Join us next time when we'll be talking more toys here on ToyCast. All for Smurf and Smurf for All! All for Smurf and Smurf for All! Where are we going, Michael? We're going home, kid. Your family. We're going to the foundation.